Hello, fellow rebel capitalists. Hope you're well. How many times have you heard Jim Rogers say the farmers are going to be driving the Lamborghinis in the future? <laughs> I personally have heard him say that hundreds of times. I think the first time I heard Jim say that was probably back in guessing 2000. 15, 14, maybe something like that. And uh, sure enough, let's head right over to an article from Zero Hedge titled Farmers Celebrate as Ag Boom Sends Incomes Soaring. Believe it or not, now is a great time to be a farmer. <laughs> I just, every time I read this stuff, I just go back, my mind just replays Jim Rogers talking about the farmer's driving Lamborghinis. Agriculture commodities are set to lock in another year of annual gains, the longest stretch in decades, prompting higher farm incomes. The Bloomberg Agriculture Agriculture Spot Subindex, which tracks everything from corn, soybeans, wheat, sugar, coffee, will lock in fourth year of annual gains today. So they've had bigger gains in the future, but uh, they haven't had this many years in a row of gains since the early 1990s. And this is because drought and war, but it, there's a lot of underlying fundamentals which have led to prices going up above and beyond just what's going on with, with Russia, as an example. High prices for crops and livestock indicate boom times for the U.S. farm belt, making farmers, ranchers, and agriculture firms all winners after a decade of sliding net farm income. So, you guys get the punchline. But what this goes back to is what Jim Rogers talked about in his book, Hot Commodities, back in 2003 or so when he wrote that book. And it's just, it's it's a cycle that just happens over and over and over again. And what's weird, and I'm, I'm just as guilty of this as anyone, is we get in our own little world or this bubble of what is happening right now today. And the news and 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 how we internalize that and use it to determine what is going to happen in the future. And we have this recency bias. And again, I'm just as guilty of it as anybody, but I try to keep myself in check because I know that it's the way human beings are hardwired and it's counterproductive from a standpoint of investing. We think that whatever has happened in the more recent past. Is just going to happen indefinitely into the future. And especially with commodities and things that are highly cyclical, we have to remember that it's, it's actually the opposite is true. It's the old saying, the cure for high prices is high prices, and the cure for low prices is low prices. And there's a reason why this has been true for decades and decades and centuries and centuries. It's just, it's, it's simple supply and demand. And uh, if the times get tough, that means that supply is most likely going to go down. And at some point that the supply demand dynamic is going to shift, right? To where instead of having an oversupply based on demand, we have an undersupply based on demand. And uh, it just happens over and over again. It's cyclical. And what's amazing is when you're at the bottom, it seems like it's just going to continue to go down forever. And therefore, it's very difficult as human beings to convince yourself to pull the trigger. 
And it's the opposite when things are booming. When things have gone up just year after year after year, it's 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 very easy to assume that things are just going to go up next year and the year after. And but what we learn is that's actually the time to sell. It's why I always say you got to sell things when they're or you buy things when they're cheap and sell them when they're expensive. And it uh, at surface level that makes a lot of sense, but it's just so hard to do. And I mean, I, 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 boy, there, there's so many different paths I could go here that I think are good learning lessons for investors in the future and how to set up your portfolio. Uh, that, that's just one thing is to understand that when it's time to buy, you're, you're going to naturally have a hesitation. And that's an understatement. I think the, I think I could say the best time to buy something is when you want to buy it the least. And the best time to sell something is when you want to sell it the least. I know that's an overgeneralization, but if you just keep that in mind, I think it'll help you make better decisions in the future. So now, as far as agriculture, you guys know that I think that we're in a commodity super cycle that'll probably play out into the, the 2030s. And, uh, but that doesn't mean that ag prices will continue to go up next year. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I could give it a very good argument for commodity prices coming down in 2023, especially when you look at the yield curve. But as most of you know from watching my videos, uh, hopefully that's going to give you, an, or at least me, an opportunity to buy. Uh, I can't give you any investment advice. I can just tell you what I'm doing in my own portfolio. And because I have this very long-term view and uh, the dynamics that have gone into this agriculture boom that Jim Rogers was talking about for so many years are going to be at play for a lot longer than just the last couple of years. Again, when you look at cycles, these things go on for a long, long time. It doesn't mean that now is the right time to buy. Hey guys, I want to remind you to check out Rebel Capitalist Pro. This is the incredible online investment forum that I have with investment experts, Lynn Alden and Chris McIntosh. It includes professionals such as Patrick Serezna from Macro Voices. He specializes in options. Tony Greer, commodity trading. Jason Hartman, real estate. And Brent Johnson with Macro Economics. If you want to build wealth and thrive in this world of out-of-control central banks and big governments, Rebel Capitalist Pro is the resource you need. So check it out today at georgegammon.com forward slash pro. That's georgegammon.com forward slash pro. We'll see you inside with the fellow Rebel Capitalists that are taking their investing to the next level. Is demand going to be increasing? I think the answer is yes, especially with ag, with agriculture, food, whatnot. You know, we see the economies like Colombia. You know, there's a lot of problems here in Colombia, and I don't like the, the the president at all. And I think that he could really set the the country back uh, significantly. But when you look outside, you see all the people that are going from driving, you know, riding horses to driving scooters. And the people that are going from driving scooters to actually driving cars 
and then going from cars to trucks. And then you see that in the United States, you don't really see that transition in real time, but coming to an emerging market like this, you can totally see that. In fact, I can see it with a lot of my employees that uh, I've got one employee as an example who uh, just was able to purchase a car as a result of, you know, having a consistent job working for me that's relatively high paying. And uh, this person was the, the, the first person in their family to ever own a car. Think about that. And now uh, they're, they're uh, growing the size of their family. They're having another kid. So they're in a position where they can actually upgrade and buy a bigger car. Now, they're not going to buy an electric car, I can tell you that, but they're thinking about how they can buy an SUV. Angie and Joaquin did the exact same thing, exact same thing. Uh, and uh, another one of my employees, uh, as a result of you know having consistent income that's relatively high, was able to go from just riding the bus to taking a scooter. And now they're going to transition from riding a scooter into a buying an actual little car because uh, they have a a young child as well. So you see this playing out in real time, which which my whole point here is when these economies develop, whether it's in South America, whether it's Africa, whether it's in Asia, this is most likely going to be the long-term trend. Now we can have recessions, depressions, all these things that can massively impact the global economy for sure. But when we look at the decade after decade after decade trend, this is where we're going with like I said, Africa, Asia, South America. So that means uh, people are going to go from riding horses to scooters to trucks. They're also going to go from eating things like rice to eating things like protein. And they're going to go from eating just plain rice to eating more sugar. Uh, They're going to smoke more cigarettes. They're going to consume more alcohol. Ironically enough, when people get richer, they also uh, tend to do things that are... um, are um, detrimental to their health. I don't know why. It's just, <laughs> you can take it to the bank though. As people get richer, they're going to smoke more. They're going to drink more. Well, maybe not smoking in the United States, but in other countries, they're definitely going to drink more. They're definitely going to consume more sugar. That's for sure. And they're also going to consume more protein. And the, 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 there's going to be an increased demand for food. While at the same time, on the supply side, I think that these crazies, the global elites and the authoritarians and the central planners are going to do more and more and more that will uh, directly or indirectly impact the supply side of food. And whether it's, you know, the the Danish farmers, whether it's what they're doing in uh, New Zealand to the farmers, which is just completely insane, all in the name of, of climate change, this is going to most likely create a significant headwind to supply side, while the demand side over long periods of time is most likely going to increase. And this is what, you know, why my good buddy Eric Townsend with Macro Voices always talks about an energy crisis. But unfortunately, uh, I think that we could see the same thing happening with uh, food globally. And therefore, that means prices going higher. To be very, very clear, I'm not saying that I'm going to go out and buy right now. I just wanted to point this out uh, to, to show you that the, the long term trend is uh, in place. And the reason why Jim Rogers was talking about this, and then I see Rick Rule, absolutely, same, same individual, he's saying that very, very similar, uh, he was kind of preaching the same message as Jim Rogers. And I know Rick, last time I talked to him, 
he invested heavily in water, but he also invested heavily in farmland. And uh, but he was doing it at very, very cheap prices back in the day. And so these old guys, you know, it, it's for, for a lot of people, they kind of poke fun at them all the time and say this, they just don't get it. But for, for me, I, I tend to listen to the old guys a lot more than I listen to the, the young guys. <laughs> no offense, young guys. But uh, it just seems that the more I study, the more these guys uh, that have a lot of wisdom and experience turn out to be right over the long run. Not that they're perfect, but uh, over the long run, you know, they, they see these trends, I think, uh, a lot earlier than most. And experience gives them that edge. So why should we not leverage their experience? I guess that's maybe the message of this whole video. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your afternoon. As always, make sure that you're standing up for freedom, liberty, free market, capitalism. We'll see you in the next video.